Welcome to the uh, Straight Out the Den podcast. I am your host, Last Name Good, and today we have a very special guest uh, with us in the building. I'm actually on location somewhere. I'm in a dare park at the homie uh, George F. Baker III house right now, and we're recording this podcast. So shout out to him for allowing us to utilize the space. But yeah. uh, we're here with the homie all the way from L.A. That's right. Took the plane ride here, was in town for Den Music Fest 2019. Um, and this guy might just have the Hustler of the Year award, in my opinion. But Woo. help us welcome the homie Figgy Baby to the podcast. How you doing, bro? Yo, I'm doing wonderful. I have never been shown as much love as I have been in Atlanta. Well, look, we're happy that we were able to show you that that amount of love and, and hospitality. You're in the South, man. The hey, South that's is how all it about is, that's right. Southern hey. hospitality. So, um, well, it's true. Let's kind of go through the timeline a little bit, right? right. Um, so I think. I don't know. How, how did you find out about Den Music Fest? Actually, through Nora. Nora. Okay, cool, yeah, yeah. cool. Shout out to Nora. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, big shouts to Nora. So I, I collaborated on a project with her maybe about like four or five years ago. We put on a show in downtown Los Angeles, a mm-hmm. uh, hip-hop show that I emceed at this venue, the um, Arts District Brewery. Okay. Um, and after that, we just started building a relationship. And then when I was kind of getting more serious into my craft and building a career as a rapper, as an artist... Um, Someone recommended that I reach out back out to Nora and uh, sit down with her and get some consulting. So for about a year, I was meeting with Nora once a month to just chat about PR, Mm -hmm. uh, how I'm branding myself, you know, how to reach out to venues, how to build those relationships, relationships when I get to those venues. Right, right. And um, and yeah, she she was uh, so extraordinarily helpful in, in terms of building my my craft as a bit on my business side of on things, the business right? Side. Yeah, because, right, right. you know, as someone who represents themselves and is managing myself and booking all that, you know, that learning curve is, is really difficult. And, and so I was blessed enough to have the help from Nora to allow me to, you know, build that vocabulary up a little bit. And uh, so she'd been talking about Den uh, since she started working on it. Um, so I knew about it, you know, since the one last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't make it in time to uh, perform. And I actually know straight out the den, too, from before the festival, because she also recommended that I reach out to y'all when oh. I was putting out new work or, or whatever as well. That's dope. And That's dope. so when she dropped the you know application time, she's like, hey, you should apply. I was like, done. All I needed was a recommendation from Nora. And I was like, yeah. this sounds like a great time and a great you know introductory into uh, the community here in Atlanta. That's great. That's great. So, you know, the, the thing... And just to give you some background history of the Straight Out the Damn podcast. So mm-hmm. what we are, we literally try to help as much as we can to provide those tools for indie artists. Mm-hmm. Show them how to further their career, right? And so you said some important things just then. Like, number one, you got a recommendation from somebody. You yeah. listened to that person. You got consulting from that person. And then you continue to navigate those relationships. And, and you figured it out, right? right. Like, and now you're, you're in a city. You're touring. Uh, the, 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 the world actually. Yeah. Right? right. And, um, and so I want to kind of talk a little bit about that as well. So we're here, we're, like I said, we're sitting here at George F. Baker, the third's crib, but before coming to Atlanta, you had just came from Germany, Germany. I was in Berlin for four shows. That's dope. Yeah. Tell us about that experience and how did you make that happen? Yo, uh, well to kind of bring it back, um, I had some folks who I went to college with mm-hmm. that moved to Berlin. 
Okay. Right? And uh, they kept on, you know, pressing me. Oh, you got to come out here. They love you out here. And I was like, well, of course, I'd love to come out yeah, there. But, yeah. like, you know, how am I going to afford that? And, like, there's <laughs> right. no shows to book me. I don't know. And, you know, so but, but what I did with that relationship was like, well, if there's anyone you know who puts on shows, other artists or rappers, then, I you know, I, I, I have a, a press kit. Please give me their email and I can send them all of my work mm. and everything. And, and the recommendation is it's always great, I think, to uh, have someone that's going to introduce you to someone as well who's right, there as right. a, a ground base in wherever you're trying to connect with and they can kind of speak on your behalf so my homie was like yeah send me your press kit and i'll send it out to a few folks and that was where i booked my first show mm. and they said we put on a monthly event uh here in berlin and we love to have you it's paid uh it wasn't enough to pay for the plane ticket um and uh so i was like word and they're like yo but it is every month so if you let us know beforehand like we'll put you on so i was like great i can kind of have that like that's just, in your back pocket. Yeah, it's in my back pocket right and then I, I put out just like an ask to my general following facebook instagram twitter of like hey y'all thinking about booking shows in europe who can help out right mm -hmm. and you know really got to engage with the community and and someone reached out at, a fan of mine who uh, from Los Angeles who had moved to Holland for grad school. Wow. Right? It just, you know, never know who's there. Right, it's like, right. yo, I know someone in Berlin who puts on shows. Can I send him your press kit? And I'm, of course you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, yes, Absolutely. you can. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so they sent it out and it was another paid gig for this like huge event club in Berlin, uh, Schwutz. And uh, they were putting on this huge hip hop show called Ratchet Berlin. Mm. And then they booked me for that as well. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to collect enough money to pay for the plane ticket. My original homie who lives in Berlin was like, yo, you got a place to stay. And you know, and, and just to be clear, right, with these tours, it's like, you know, I'm here staying at George George yeah. George's crib. Like, right. you know, like I'm not always staying in hotels or like in everything, you know, like you kind of make it work. Like I was on a couch for a week and a half in Berlin. Right. But like, yo, I was in Berlin performing shows. Absolutely. And, and so like with that side of things, and you know, I'm also like I really appreciate that kind of like the ability to be in a space with people who are from there mm -hmm. and then you're right, kind of right. like continuously engaging. Um, and then after those two shows were booked, I was like, you know what, let's make this happen. And then after that, IG research is really phenomenal. Hashtag Berlin hip hop, hashtag mm. rap, Berlin rap. And you just follow through. You see artists okay. that you like or respect, you resonate with. You reach out to them. Where do y'all perform? You go on Google and say uh, local Berlin venues, local Berlin hip-hop venues, open mics. Right, right, right. And then you just send your press kit out to a bunch of folks. You know, you send an email that's that's very catered to them. You know, you you understand what the space that they're trying to do. Right. And, you, and you explain why you think you'd be good for that space and how you can contribute. Um and then, you know, people get back and people don't, right? Right, And right. tonight, I booked two more shows that way. And also, you know, that same time, I'm reaching out to blogs and podcasts and, and radio shows and, and whoever. And I really had a phenomenally filled week. And it's kind of like what you said is once you get, you hit the ground, hit the ground running, you know, build those relationships. Mm -hmm. Keep asking when you're there. Keep being genuine and, and interested. Um, not just interesting. But, right, you know, right, right. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be interested, y'all. Be interested in your surroundings. Ask. Be present. Um, and that allowed me to link up with uh, this cat, Spencer Boogie. We recorded a music video out there. Dope. Yeah, and then uh, I met these dope duo uh, from Chicago, Mother Nature, who blowing up right now. And uh, they were linking up with other blogs and podcasts and then they put me on to them as well and then they also were in the studio with a bunch of producers invited me and we recorded a track out there in Berlin. Man. Yeah. That sounds see that to me shows the importance of just networking. Right. Knowing how to ask. Yeah. Like understanding the importance of asking. Yo. You know what I mean? For and sure. And then on top of that, like you followed up. 
And so you utilize the tools that you had and say, like, I'm going to make this work regardless. And the fact that you were in Berlin, Germany, Europe, <laughs> for a whole week doing hip hop. Right. And essentially it paid for itself, right? Like you, you accumulated the shows to at least break even. Break right. even. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I think this is the, the part that people don't talk about a lot, right? Yeah. Because we, we look at what's on television, we look at what's on social media. And we see these artists that have major financial backing from, mm. from record labels. Resources on resources. It's resources. And so while it looks glamorous and you're seeing people hop on like G5 jets and yeah. all of this, like the reality for most artists is that's not going to happen anytime soon. Right. And so really, if you want to be a, a true independent artist, it's going to take a lot of work, Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hard work. And you got to be willing to put that in. And the fact that you said that you went through all of these different channels and what what really stood out to me was like, hey, man, I, I just did the research. I said, um, hashtag Berlin hip hop, mm -hmm. hashtag Berlin hip hop venues. Right. And from there, you went and did the research and looked and saw like, OK, this is who's performing here. And, you know, you, you didn't limit yourself like, hey, it's open mics going on. Yeah. Let me get on the open mic. Shoot. I hear it doesn't matter. Like, I was a, that was one of my shows. I was the feature at an open mic. There's like 25 people in there, and mm -hmm. I sold my most merch the entire out of the four shows at that show. And that's what, and okay, and merch. Let's talk about merch, right? Yeah. So as an independent artist, you know that merch is your lifeline. Mm -hmm. that, that really happens. So uh, for you, at what point in your career did you realize that I had to have merch no matter where I go? I think really when I became a full-time artist that I was like and this is an important point I, I really want to stress as well that I have like five or six different streams of income mm -hmm. right like there are so many side hustles it's not just like oh I'm making millions of dollars off streams and shows it's like no I sell merch right. I have a Patreon you know I MC events you know I also put on my own events mm -hmm. as well it's, it's so important that we as artists are being creative in the ways that we are making money and creating right. sustainable lifestyles right. and so with merch you know and as another one as well selling merch I was just like of course like I need to get merch and also for the sake of like even beyond the finances, right? Like a lasting impression. Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so important to book, you know, podcasts and sit down with folks even beyond the shows. Right, that's not right. enough to leave that impression. The show, that's for the people that were there and that's important and you kill it and you come through and you be present and you network. But also like, you know, then you leave a city and then two weeks later, a podcast drops, an right. interview drops. Right. And so you're really maintaining your presence there even when you're not there. And so merch serves a similar purpose, right? Mm -hmm. People are going to have your shirts, people are going to have your pins yeah. forever. Right. And they can rock that stuff and just be walking around and it starts conversations, right? It just allows your, you to, to stay in the conversation even when you're not around. Um, and also like, yo, it just feels so good right that right someone wants to rock like you right that yeah, wants to represent your absolutely. work you know on them and stuff and, and so you know also just like as an artist and as a creator like it just like validated me that's that's dope man yeah. that's dope I, I mean i'm hearing you you're dropping so many gems right now and, and i hope people are, are catching on to those gems but things saying like you know having the multiple streams of income mm. even as an artist and one thing that i really try to stress to artists as much as possible is that look no matter how small or large those streams are have multiple streams yes it doesn't like it doesn't matter like you said having merch tours putting on your own shows all of those things help but you still got to do those small things too right consulting yeah like you for for example right 
you legit can have on your resume that you performed in Berlin. You can tell people that process of how to start performing in Berlin. Mm. Like you can do that. You can show people yeah. how to do it. And you knowledge know I mean? is knowledge is a value. It's a value. Yeah. And so you, you start taking those different small pieces and you add them all up. And now next thing you know, like, hey, I don't have to work a nine to five. Yeah. You know? Now do I have to make sacrifices? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I gotta come and sleep on the homie's couch. Yeah. That's fine. Like right. you gotta do what you gotta do. And, and I think that's so valuable for people to hear that, to understand like it takes work yeah. <laughs> to sustain being an indie artist. Um, being here in, in, a, in a city like Atlanta, that is, you know, the, the music culture is rich. Right. Everyone here does something in entertainment, right? But the one thing that I noticed about you, and we talked about this off mic, was that, you know, there's 30 artists and DJs that were on the lineup this year. And I could say, very confidently, at least, you know, from my viewpoint, I could be completely wrong, but right. from my viewpoint, there was about four or five people that really said, you know what, I'm going to do the most that I can while I'm here. Hmm. And so I know this is like your second or third interview. We've connected with um, DJs, artists that were on the festival. Right. You got a verse lined up. Yeah. I mean, how important for you is it to network and, and take that much effort and time and, and do as much as you can on every opportunity that you get oh vital vital, vital. yeah it's 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 I, I can't even stress how important it is right and kind of going back to the point of like how are you what else are you leaving right, right? like right. what are you creating for the future and next steps how are you building relationships where at next year like you want me back at the festival mm -hmm. like this other person who came through wants me back at their event like i was just talking to pulp magazine and they were saying that uh they're gonna have like a you know a one-year anniversary coming up in march and might have a show and i let them know that i'd be honored to come through and perform right it's like how are we making sure that we're building community right, right, right. and that's what it's really all about it's mm -hmm. like as, especially as an independent artist and and why i have been successful as you know the last couple of years especially back hometown in los angeles mm -hmm. is because i sidestep a lot of the industry standards for how you're supposed to become successful and i build my own rules right and that's also another thing is we really can build our own uh, a world and how to be successful in mm. the diy movement is 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 that right building community and so for me linking with artists you know making sure that i'm being present for their sets as well right that i'm communicating and, yeah. and like i don't you know like yeah i want to be present for everyone's sets but also mind you like i didn't ask every rapper that i wanted like oh, let's collab you know right, because right. like i was hearing everybody and like i was like these people resonate with me I like these people mm -hmm. i like their sound and my sound would work with them as well right. i think a lot of time we waste a lot of time making asks and reaching out to like so many venues and other rappers and like send, you know, producers do this all the time. They send them my DMs. They send me beats that obviously didn't listen to any of my stuff because they would know <laughs> I would never rap over that. So it's like, let's really be present and, and then make those asks that are so conscious and so intentional mm. that the chances of, of it kind of responding the way you want is going to be high. That might be... Okay, so I wrote down... You said Building Community. Yeah. Uh, that's the name of the episode. If you guys don't know that by now, it's going to be <laughs> called Building Community. But on top of that, you just dropped a, a huge gem just then, right? Now, I can say I, I'm a producer. That's, yeah. that's the way I started right. in the music business was as a music producer. And the one thing that I, I learned very immediate is that I am not a producer who just send out mm. beats. Right. And the re and how I learned that is because just like what you said, I was, you know, somebody asked me for a beat. I'm happy that somebody's asking me for music. Right. You know? So I'm just sending out whatever. Boom. 
I haven't done any research. I haven't listened to them. Mm. Um, you know, even if I'm a fan of them, cool, but I'm not really asking them. I'm I'm listening to stuff they did two or three years ago. And most right. artists, hey, that's two or three years ago. I'm on that's something a whole else now. Yeah, yeah, for, for real. Right. I'm, I'm, there are different emotions that I'm going through right now. So, you know, having that and keeping all of that in mind, hearing you say that, like, man, I can tell when you haven't even listened to the music. Mm. I think that's so important. Now I'm a more of a producer that says like, hey, let's have a conversation. Right, let's sit down. Let's talk, let's sit down and talk, let's vibe. And once we vibe and got to the point of where we feel like we understand and know each other, mm. then I can send something off of that conversation because now I can cater the music around what we've built, and right? So. And that works. And also you learn as a producer, and this is a gem for producers that's listening, if you're in that space of submitting music uh, and working with songwriters and trying to get placements, the worst thing that you can do is just go out and just create, create, create. You have to know what you're creating for. Right. Let's be intentional, y'all. Be very intentional. And once you're very intentional, you understand that, like, hey, I might get a no, but this is a qualified no. Because I'm only I'm I'm going from a small sample pool of people that I know I can get a yes from. Right. I'm not just throwing it like a you know, a stone in the in the ocean. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I'm right here. I got I got a little, you know, fish tank. Right, and I'm throwing it in there in the, in the fish tank. I know yeah. eventually something's gonna come out of that fish tank. You know what yeah, I mean? So gonna splash. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> splash, man. So I, I think that was that's that's a gem and that's vital. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, for you, when did you realize that you your sound you you found that unique sound that you have? Like, at what point did you realize you had that? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think about a year and a half to two years ago, which is around the same time that I really started thinking about and preparing myself to be a full-time artist. Mm. Um, I just, and it wasn't even that everything I was producing I felt was unique or like was my sound, but I immediately knew that it didn't sound like me. Mm. Like I would, um, like I'd, you know, write, or free, you know, freestyle, and like I could taste when I would say a line that I'm like, oh, that's not me. Mm. Like I knew, it just I was like, developed this ability to like, always know when like something that I write or rap just a hundred percent feels like me, mm. and and also having faith in that process that like I will continue putting out work like that, and that like I can edit and like you know I might do like a a free write and there's only like one or two lines in there that I just like really I'm like oh wow these are. This is this is a good line. This is a unique line that sounds like me. This sounds like my phrasing. It's good writing, whatever. And I'm like, great. And that's all I need to just like jump off to the rest of it. Mm. But I think, you know, the, and well, just kind of on a craft side, uh, freestyling has been one of the most important tools for me to help develop my unique sound. Gotcha. Yeah, like off the top freestyling because that's when you're really developing like a flow and a vibe and an energy and that you're just like, oh, wow, this is like who I am and this is what my energy is. And I, I think the, the more I've also the writing um, dictates uh, that authenticity um, and uniqueness. And when I just was like, I'm only going to write about what I know. Mm. Like that's that's just it. Like I just can't front... Like, I only want to write stories I know and just be, like, 100% present with those. And, and when I started doing that and really committing to that in all my writing process, I was just like, yo, I'm, like, my story is unique because obviously all of our, ours are, you know? Right, like, everyone right, can right. be unique if you just get in touch with yourself. And, you know, another thing is a lot of that work is happening outside of the art. You know, like, how are you as a human 
healing and growing mm -hmm. and just like becoming more of an authentic people like who are in your communities right what are the people that are supporting you like what kind of self-love or self-worth do you have that you're just like allowing for your fullness and your full range to be present and then right. that translates to the art because that's you know how it's created and so mm. yeah no that's 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 a special moment man once we find out who we are mm and and purpose and, and why we're here i think i think that's the hardest thing for most people honestly Facts. uh but once you get to that space where you understand it and you realize where you are then i think it it changes the narrative uh, for a lot of the things that you want to do in life definitely um you mentioned something earlier in the conversation that i want to kind of bring back and uh it was what was it <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought just that quick. I'm getting old, man. Pay me no, man. no, no mind. But <laughs> just the the uh, the creation of music. Um, oh, I think I remember now. So it, it was it was more so about the the uh, going back and forth um, and, and the networking, right? Yeah. And it was the Nora conversation when you said that you sat down with her for about a year. Yeah, and you were doing consulting for a year. How important was it for you to realize that you needed help? Oh, it's it, so important. Mm. It's, yeah, I think we have, especially as as men, we have a lot of pride right, about right, like, right, oh, right. I don't need no help. I can do this shit all myself, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, yo, like you're only hurting yourself. And kind of like you said, the title of the episode is going to be community building. Mm -hmm. And a part of that is being like, you know what? Like, I don't know everything. Right. And like, and like I'm committed to this. And this is something that I want to pursue for the rest of my life and build sustainability. And I know that other people have information that's of value that I do not have. Mm. And so let me invest time and money and, and, and like figure it out. Right. You know? And, right. and so I think that I already work with Nora. And so I had already like developed a respect and realized that she obviously like has so much value to give and, uh, and knew that she was working with a bunch of artists and doing they were, you know, doing really well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I was kind of also at that time being like, yo, I really need representation. I need management. I need someone to do all this work for me. Um, but I also realized, then I, I came to realize, I was like, all right, maybe I need to take a step back. Like, maybe I can start doing some of this work for myself. I just need to kind of like learn how to, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, yeah. And yeah, so I reached out to Nora. But yeah, I mean, I, the help thing, like, you know, you, you there's definitely some pride you have to sidestep, you know? Right, but right. But that's, that's also part of the, the growth that's happening outside. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. just like, yo, I'm going to ask for help because yeah. I need help. And need it just help. really is simple as you don't know everything. And that's kind of freeing also. They're like, okay, great. Other people know stuff. Like, yeah. bet. No, no, I agree with you 100%, man. I, I think it, it does take some time to get to that point to where you realize, like, no, I actually need the help. Mm -hmm. But um, I can say for me especially, Traditionally, I'm someone who does not like to wait on people. Right. And so I had this thing where I said, like, hey, in order for me not to have to wait on people, I just learned how to do everything. Mm. And while that is freeing, knowing that I don't have to wait, it's also taxing on you yeah. as an individual. Putting a lot on you. It put a lot on yourself. And so you have to learn to, like, you know what? I can't do this. Let me go and get some help for this. I can't do this. And what you realize is that once you start doing that, you free up yourself, you free up your mental, you free up your time, and you realize, like, oh, I can actually go and get other things done. Right. And it's like, yeah, can I do graphics? Yeah. But you know what? This person can do graphics way better than me. And, and way quicker. Can, and way quicker. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. Do that. No, totally. Yeah. And you know, and, and you learn to do those things and say, like, okay, wow, I was trying to save money and realize that I was only hurting myself 
And the grand scheme of thing is, you probably save like a hundred bucks, which you like. Right, which is at that long, yeah, long run ain't that much. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that because I think it also connects back to the point we're making about you know uh, uh, knowing who you're working with mm-hmm. and saying that you know you want to sit down with people instead of just sending out beats randomly. Right, and, right. And it's the same thing with this, right? Like you know, on the flip side is like, well, I want to work because I, I know me and I don't want to wait on nobody. Um, and so there is some like in that relationship building. Like I'm not just like reaching out to any consultant that says right, they know anything right, about arts. Right. You know, like I knew Nora. I had to work with her, you know, uh, developing a relationship. And also, even before we, we kind of jumped into things, we hit on the phone call and she was very clear about what she offers, what she can help with, what she cannot help with. Mm-hmm. And and then I'm like, OK, cool. Like I, I can develop this relationship and this ask very intentionally, knowing all the information. Right, so right. even that kind of relationship building takes some investment in time. But like you said, it's going to be so worth it in the long run. So much. It's know. so worth it. Trust me, <laughs> yeah. it's so worth it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it is, man, because it, it's, it, that, that friend aspect is so important to know just to be able to kind of just step to the side and, and let someone else run what they're great at, yeah. you know? Um, trust. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have to learn to trust. You absolutely you have to learn to trust. And, and I know that's hard for people because we see this as a creative. Mm-hmm. You see this as your baby. Right, and right. so, you know, it's, it's just like I have kids, so I can imagine – it's not easy for me to just like say, "All right, babysitter, here you go." Yeah, like, yo, you can have them. <laughs> yeah. like, no, I really, I need to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, you know? right, right. And, and so it's the same thing, you know, with, with what we have to do with the music and whatnot. Um, I was going to ask you specifically about your process, like, mm-hmm. um, and, and when I mean your process, not your creative process, right. but your process of of the business side of things, right? Like you had to learn. The business. Most artists get out here and they just know how to create. Right. And you mentioned in the conversation that, oh, I, I thought I wanted to get a manager. And then I realized, like, no, I can kind of do this stuff myself. Yeah. And I think personally, I, I feel that a lot of artists get a manager really just because they want somebody to do the work. That's it. And, you know, the the, the true definition of a manager is like they're managing your career. They're managing your calendar. They're managing, like... And, and the harsh reality is most artists don't have a career to manage yet. <laughs> yo, drop in, yo. You know truth I mean? bombs. Those are truth bombs, right? And, and it, it's a harsh reality, but it, it is so true to realize that, oh, I really don't have a career yet. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And, and so when you start asking for a manager and realizing that with a manager comes 20 to 30%, right? right? And... And if you got somebody that's willing to work with you, maybe they'll push it down to 10 to 15. But yeah, let's just say really 20%. You. So you have somebody that's going to take 20% grossable income from you. You got to be having stuff going on. You got to be having income to, to give 15% of. Yeah, or they yeah. they won't be around for very long. Like, you know, it's like, okay, this this really doesn't work out. Right. And so what, what you find out is that artists have to realize that it's not time to get a manager until you absolutely can't manage right. your situation. And then go and get the right manager. Totally. That I, I completely agree. Uh, and where I think the question is going in terms of my own process of realizing that is it is so important that you do know what's going on, on the business side of mm-hmm. things. Even if you eventually get a manager, because I would be clear right now, I am now uh, and I want to go into 2020 looking for help. Mm-hmm. Right. But one, one thing I realized now from then is I have so much more knowledge about the process. And so my ask, I don't even know if I want to call it a manager, right? Mm -hmm. Like I need help. And so in in this process, like I write down exactly 
the roles that I want this person to help with, right? These are things that I know how to do, but these things that are difficult for me or take a lot of my time. And like we were talking about like graphic design, mm-hmm. someone else can do it faster, right? Right. So I think uh, we just often kind of jump. We're like, oh, we want a manager to do all this, but it's like let's 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 try to figure it ourselves. Right. Let's take some time to like learn and grow and be able to handle our business. And then when it gets to that point, you can be like, okay, these are the things on the business side mm-hmm. that I can handle and I feel like I have a good grasp of. And then here are some things that I do need help with. Right. Right. And then that ask is more specific. And at the end of the day, you might not be looking for a manager. You might be looking for a booking agent. Or you might be looking for an assistant. Right. 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 Like help comes in many right. different ways. And I think for me, that's really where uh, it, it was so like I was I kind of coming to that realization. Oh, you know, a couple of years ago, it was like, oh, oh, I don't. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm just kind of like I just think that I need a manager because <laughs> I want them to put me on. But right, like you really right. need to put yourself on. Yeah. You got to put yourself on. Yeah. But, and, and I think the point you said about, like, until you absolutely need it is so important right. for the sake of, like, your own money um, and also just, like, someone who's, yeah, I mean, I don't know, especially, like, I, I can't speak for Atlanta, but in Los Angeles, it's a, a lot of snakes to sidestep. And mm. so, like, you never know who you're working with. And, and that relationship should be something that you're building over time, right? right like, I right. only want to work with someone, be it a manager, a booking agent, or whoever, that not only has the knowledge and the know-how, but also wants to see me win, wants mm. to grow with me, resonates right, with my work, right, not right. just resonates with my potential to make them money. And so that process too takes a long time. So kind of coming into my, you know, artistic maturity, um, I also realized that like those relationships are not things just to like, oh, can we go to manager and get them and whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I want to build an intentional relationship with whoever it is that's going to help me out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's exactly what you wanted no, to talk about. No, but. <laughs> no, that, that, that's spot on, personally. Yeah. Uh, you, you said that, hey, you when you really make that list and look, you'll realize that, no, nah, really, I might just need a booking agent yeah, or, or an assistant. Yeah, right. Like, and, it could just be as simple as someone who's like, yeah, coming with you to take photos of your shows. You're like, oh, wait, actually, I kind of got everything else unlocked. Yeah. Or I just need someone to, like, answer emails. Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe you need a lawyer, really. Maybe there you need you someone go. to look at contracts. Yeah. It's like, you know, like... And that's, that's so true, like... Finding out the small things of, of what you need. Right. And, and you know, there there's tools, there's virtual assistants that you can have that, that can really help out. I've used virtual assistants before. Um, the only advice I can give you for a virtual assistant is that just know what you're asking for. Be very clear and concise and right. let them know exactly what you need because they're virtual. Mm-hmm. They're not in your face. They can't, you know, so they can't think for you if you if they don't know what to think yeah, about. You got to be clear. Got to be very clear. But you know, I mean, it's I've had virtual assistants literally come in and say like, "Hey, I need you for forty eight hours, and this is what I need you to do." And boom, you know, it wasn't very expensive. It, it was something that could get done very quickly. But it, you know, it's just you learn that taking jobs away from you and employing other people. Is so freeing and helps your process further along because yeah. you find out these people are actually great in these areas. Right, right, right. They're great. Like, yeah. oh yeah, you you can book shows. Okay, cool. Handle this for me. Right. Yeah, I don't take ten percent. I don't care. Yeah, like, that's fine. That's it's gonna book yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't have, I don't want to think about. I it. I didn't have that other ninety percent anyways before yeah, you. Yeah, 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 right. Like, Go ahead, yeah. book the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that's super important, man. Building that community and finding out the right people to do the right things. Right. Exactly. Um, so music, I know you just released a, a record, uh, what, the latest record that you released, and by the time this podcast drops, who knows, you may have released any more uh, more music, but yeah. the record I'm talking about, the Michael Sam record, yeah. um, you released that and you performed it at Den Music Fest, and, right. and it went off, everybody had a good time, that, that was super <laughs> dope. Uh, how important 
for you um, to to drop a record like and for and and also give people the background if they don't know who Michael Sam is right. and the history and, and the inspiration behind the record. I think super important, and I like to create work that exists without context as well. Mm. That like if I just put it out and no one knew anything, they would just get the general. Gotcha. They could still enjoy it, they right? Can enjoy it, so right. yeah, I mean, I think having both is important. Like mm. creating work that can stand completely by itself doesn't need the album for context. Doesn't even need to know who Michael Sam is. You know, just like it still knocks. You know, you can mm-hmm. still bump to it. Right, right? Like right, right. people say things in songs all the time. I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but I'm like, oh, this shit slaps. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I think you know, in terms of also, you know, on the other side of things, I do really want to push a narrative and, and and kind of like you know speak on what the song is about and any song i put out what inspired me and the message behind it and give more context and i think also that just allows people to like even further resonate with it right because mm. people know who michael sam is and then i tell them it's the first openly gay nfl player and now it opens a whole new market of people right, right. who like can resonate with it even off of that even they don't need to know any other information except that right. and now it's just like oh wow that's amazing yeah you know and so i think it really just benefits you to like be able to to uh, uh, to speak on a track uh, and talk about it and provide context and inspiration and just for advertisement purposes it's like I'm not only gonna share Michael Sam once like I'm gonna post it and post it in many right, but right. You, but the thing is you don't want to just post a track it's like no you want like every time you want to kind of like offer a new perspective into mm-hmm. it or a new way that you can engage with it right mm-hmm. and, and and so then people can like it's like okay this person keeps on just saying Michael Sam's out everywhere like it's the album cover it's like no let's give it a little something let's start a conversation conversation, let me go on IG live and see if I can answer some questions about it if I can speak farther to it you know when I'm at the shows too just to uh, develop a quick elevator speech right Mm -hmm. so if I can have if I can develop a a speech before I do the song in 20 to 30 seconds drop it and then do it it's like also great people at the show now have that message and then they can take it with them you know later on and and kind of you know speak to it also in regards to building relationships with blogs specific blogs or or, or people who do like you know album reviews or track reviews Mm -hmm. it's like they want to see a press release on it or they just want to see you be able to speak on what it's about so then they can also kind of like use that for context and be like wow this is interesting you're you know writing a song is you know da 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 inspired by this and that's a unique perspective or understanding so um so very important right yeah yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, very yeah, important yeah, absolutely and, absolutely yeah. so i have this thing right as we as we get ready to wrap up right. th- uh, this episode i call it three lazy questions right okay. so i'm gonna ask you a question <laughs> and i just want you to give the the first thing that naturally comes to you right okay. and it'll just be through so the first question is right. why hip-hop because it allows me to express my love for myself and my community in the most creative of ways. Your earliest memory of hip hop? My aunt bought me Doggy Style, uh, my first rap album I got, and my mom was pissed because I was like 10. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> my mom was pissed. Oh, man. Yo, oh, shout out to Aunt Sarah. <laughs> shout out to Aunt Sarah, Doggy Style. That's a good album. I had it's that like, too. Yo, I it was like that. West Coast and shit. My, my mom and my mom's family grew up in long beach okay and and so they were all about that just like oh my my aunt is the youngest of okay my, okay yeah, 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 my, my mom's the youngest of five my mom I'm sorry my aunt is the youngest of five my mom's the oldest oh, and so gotcha, she gotcha. was more kind of with the vibes yeah, yeah but like yeah she gave me doggy style i was <laughs> pissed but that's the first rap i got and so oh man that's funny <laughs> all right and uh last question if you could change anything about hip-hop what would it be and why 
It wasn't a lazy question. I'm sorry. That was yeah, that's great. a deep, 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 deep. <laughs> Yo, we need to get, we need, we need to move away from all this toxic masculinity and hyper masculine bullshit. Like, we need to like have some more self worth. We need to, you know, create echo over ego, and um, and start uplifting ourselves and our communities, especially mm. the men that are in hip hop. Like, we really we being lazy out here with our work. Mm. So, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. Hey man, so look, I'm last name good. This is Figgy, baby. We right. had a great conversation. Yeah. If um, it's your platform now, so if you have anything you want to leave with the people, it's your time. Do it now. Well, one, y'all can follow me everywhere at Figgy, baby. F I G G Y B A B Y. You can find all my music under Figgy, baby. And lastly, I just want to say that that all of y'all are worthy of great things. All of y'all deserve better, and all of you are of value. You know, your following, your Instagram numbers, the money you have does not solely define the value that you can provide for the world. And, you know, just get at it. Take a risk. Um, do some research. Love yourself. Have patience for yourself. And handle. That's dope. So, look, I'm last name good. He's Figgy Baby. And most importantly, I haven't done this in a while, right? Go ahead. But I'm going to say it. If you have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work into that dream becomes a reality. I'm last name good. He's Figgy Baby. We out. Peace, y'all.